0: For all you need to know on and off the court, it's Bucks Insiders on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. The Athletics' Eric Name on Bucks Insiders is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Call Gina Della from Pella today or visit Pella Wisconsin, w, PellaWI.com. And Best Electric. Best Electric can protect your home this winter with a whole home generator system. Connect with the best and find out more at BestElect.com. Good day to have you here, Eric. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> I suppose so. Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to talk much about basketball know, or anything or like that. Or the basketball. That, right. as, we were, as I was watching the end of the game, I was thinking, man, it's good to have Eric on, Giannis breaks the franchise scoring mark, and then what transpired <laughs> afterwards with the Pacers apparently taking the game ball, Giannis running into the tunnel. What do we know about what happened as the game ended?
1: Um, wow. Wow. Uh, very little. I shouldn't say that. There's lots of theories. I, I feel like I'm talking about like uh, like the JFK conspiracy at this point. <laughs> right, like there, There's a lot of different ideas which direction the ball was flying. There had to be a second ball. Right. Uh, but no, there is actually a second ball. So what I learned last night is that for any NBA game, there's three game balls. There's the one that's used, and then there's two backups. There's a first backup and a second backup. Uh, so after the game, this is what I think... Occurred. I believe that as soon as the game ended, a Bucks staffer grabbed the basketball, one of their security guards, grabbed it, gave it to another staffer. That staffer took it back to the Bucks locker room. At the same time, the Pacers grabbed the secondary, the backup game ball, and they took that to their locker room because Oscar Shibwe scored his first NBA points last night, sort of. Because he also scored in the in-season tournament finals. Which kind of count and kind of don't count. Because technically that's game 83. So it's tough to say whether or not that's officially an NBA basketball game that will go down on the stat books. And we have no idea if the in-season tournament is ever going to exist. Or how long it's going to exist for. So no one really knows. So because of that, they felt they needed that ball as well. So they take what is believed to be the secondary game ball into the tunnel. Giannis sees it going into the tunnel and is upset because he just broke the Bucks franchise record for points in a single game. That is his ball. He would like it. So he goes up the tunnel. Uh, Finesse Dedekumbo follows him up there. Campaign follows him up there. Jay Crowder follows him up there. Uh, some of the Bucks security staff and uh, other coaches and things like that follow them up there and try to bring them back. The Pacers fully go up into it. They, they are enjoying how mad it is making Giannis by the end of it. Miles Turner's like, Nope, you're not getting that ball. No way. Like they're taunting him by that point, which only sets Giannis off further. Uh, Rick Carlisle claims that the Pacers GM, Chad Buchanan was in the middle of it. Uh, he got an elbow to the ribs at one point, uh, Chad, assured journalists that he is fine, uh, but that is kind of what happens. So then after all of that, we finally get to the locker room. I go into the locker room. There is a basketball right next to Yostad which I am led to believe is the official game ball. And the only thing that Giannis will say to the staffer that brought it there is this is not the game ball. Mm. It does not feel like the ball that I shot tonight. I played 37 minutes. I shot 32 free throws. I took, I don't even know how many shots in am taking 28, something like that. Uh, I, I was in the game the whole time. This ball does not feel like that ball. And I would know I was in the game. So this is not that ball. So, while I am led to believe from the video, the eyewitness accounts that the Bucks had possession of the official game ball the entire time, it was in the locker room, is all ready to go. Uh, Giannis does not believe that, and as far as this, uh, I guess whole matter is concerned, the only person's, the only person that matters and how they feel about it is Giannis. Yeah. What if he doesn't believe it is? Well, then it's gonna be pretty. I'm gonna be pretty hard pressed to convince him where where I never touched the basketball. I only saw it on video. Uh, I did see it in the locker room, but uh, by that point, the switch could have been made, so who knows, uh, and that is where we are. <laughs> okay, so prior to that, if you were watching the game, aside of Giannis's 64 points, which was insane, aside of Ballgate 2023, there were also eight technical fouls mm-hmm. and an ejection in this game, and oh, by the way, the Bucks and Pacers will play again on January 1st in Milwaukee. They don't like each other. That that seemed very apparent watching this game. And the fun thing is, it's not just January first. Uh, it's a home and home. So January first and January third, Bucks Pacers. So they can really just wow. just stew in that hate that they have for each other. But no, these two teams don't like each other. And and I think that's one of the the major takeaways uh, that I had of this game was that we do not often see the Bucks feel this way about teams. Teams feel this way about the Bucks. But for a year, for the last five years, the Bucs have been one of the best teams in the league. Teams go after them, try to rile them up, and the Bucks don't really ever take the bait. And I just thought last night was different because in the first quarter, you know, Tyrese Halliburton has a dunk on Marjan Bochamp. He's talking a little bit on his way back, and Giannis just sticks the elbow out a sure little did. bit. Um, yep. and, Knocked him and, down, And down goes Tyrese Halliburton. And you can say, you know, he didn't mean to hit him that hard. No, that was a to, message. Whatever. <laughs> that was but, a message. Uh, I would say that was a message. So you you kind of take that through the rest of the game. Right after that, the Bucks go on a run. They get a first-quarter lead. They carried it in the second quarter. The young guys are playing well. And then in the third quarter, all of a sudden, oh, the Pacers are back in it. How's it going? Giannis takes a hard fall at the start of the fourth quarter. And, and then uh, as soon as anyone makes any contact with Giannis, you know that Bobby Portis is going to be on his way. And Bobby Portis was on his <laughs> way. Uh, and Aaron Neesmith uh, was in a world of trouble at that point. Uh, so luckily his teammates got in the middle of it. But no, it was just over and over and over again, and I thought one one thing that really stuck with me, um, and this will be my story at the Athletic tomorrow, is that you know when we talked to Dame Lillard at the end of of the night, and Dame wasn't in the the mix up, but obviously he was on the floor the whole time. Uh, and the one thing he said was that you know it reminds me of I'm from Oakland. Uh, I I got on the bus every morning with my cousins, and we got into some stuff, it, and I always knew that. You know, no matter how hard I was just fighting one of my cousins, if we were just in a fight over a video game or whatever, that when something happened, not that we wanted to be in it, but if something happened, I knew he was going to have my back and he was going to be the first one there. And he was like, again and again tonight, you saw that. Whether it was us going up the tunnel whether it was Bobby doing this for Giannis whether it was Giannis I mean I think you could even say Giannis giving that forearm shiver to Tyrese Halburton is a message to hey remember when you said what time is it Dame time after you beat us in the in-season tournament we didn't like that very much so you're going to stop doing that like Dame and I might <laughs> might just be new teammates but you're not going to do that I, I know what you were doing and I didn't like it and, and I just think again at uh, the bucks have had their problems this year they they've had their lapses offensively and defensively it's looked disjointed at times uh it, it just felt like one of those nights where again and again they have their backs for it. they have each other's backs and all of a sudden you're thinking okay is this a spot where you turn the season around you turn yeah. the chemistry around
0: hey i got to ask you before we get out of here we've been discussing christmas music magic believes 85% of it is crap uh-huh. 85% he says is crap that's a big number the texters seem to agree with him Eric, name. What percent of Christmas music is crap? I mean, I think it's probably like 50-50. Okay, I think it's 50, finally 50. a reasonable person has weighed in. 80. John, you started at fifteen percent. I know you're now up to fifty percent. Well, I'm not. I'm not at fifty, but I'm, I'm you're closer not to not at fifty. <laughs>
1: To me, you got to think about the vibes. The vibes are always good when Christmas music is on. And uh, to me, uh, okay, maybe it's not going to win Grammys. Maybe it's not (laughs) going to be award-winning music. But there are often award-winning performers singing that Christmas music. So while that music might not be great, it can be performed at a very high level. Like, you know, Ariana Grande, uh, Ariana Grande singing Christmas hits. I'm into it. That's great. You're That's so awesome. smart. Taylor you're Swift. reasonable. Let's do, do it. it. Does she you're, have you're a Christmas really album, guy. Taylor pretty, Swift? I think she might. She should. That would be she a good should. thing. It'd be uh, Christ- number one right now Christmas is the time of year you say Alexa next song more than any other time of the year. If you're a Grinch. No, if you're a human. <laughs> I am Greg Matzik, American. <laughs>